Hi, everyone. Hi. Hey. Hi. This is welcome to No Latency and our Q and A podcast, unlocked by our amazing patrons. Hello. Hi. Uh, Hello. Uh, Hello. Cyberpunk Hi. after dark. Cyberpunk. <laughs> yeah, it's after sure. Dark. Cyberpunk after dark. Is it, is Cyberpunk um, is still dark. More dark than the podcast. No, it's but, after. Yeah, it's after do, dark. Guys... It's not more dark. It's oh. after dark. <laughs> yeah, no, the dawn you, is you... coming. Yeah. <laughs> so um, uh, sure. we, we're going to ask questions. We've got a bunch of questions from the community that I've gathered from our Patreon and Twitter. Some of the DMs. Um, but also, let's introduce ourselves because it's been a minute. Say hello to the audience, everyone. Hello, uh, I'm Jade. You can find me uh, as Scholar Jade on all social media. My pronouns are they and them. Uh, I play Iona Papescu the corpo and um i roll for bureaucracy <laughs> we just released a roll for bureaucracy sticker i know it's so i'm really excited about it i'm, I'm getting up putting them on fucking water bottle right now <laughs> uh well hey i'm i'm spoon aka jeb or that's that's who i play i i don't i don't normally go about my day referring to myself as as jeb but if you meet me on the street you're welcome to. <laughs> <laughs> wild ass. That's a wild ass. Nice intro. Awesome. Uh, and uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jeb's, Jeb's a space cowboy who is stuck to a cyberpunk dystopia. Uh, Sp- spoon, what are your pronouns and what do you do? Oh, I'm, I, I mean, I'm, I'm just a spoon. You don't have to worry about it. I'm he, him, and uh, you can find me. You can't find me on any socials. <laughs> I just uh, just a regular old he him spoon. That's it. <laughs> uh, my name's Kendall. I'm he him. I play Sano. I'm a writer, and I don't really have much socials. But you can find me full name Kendall Oji wherever I am. Hi, I'm Evan, uh, aka Remy, aka Retro. Uh, the, t- the television headband. Um, I am uh, he, him, and I'm uh, just about as much of a failure in the game as I am in life. So Damn. Uh, hey, could you not talk about my friend like that? <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're friends? Wow, I didn't know that. <laughs> they made now. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a traditional dad bod kind of guy with dad jokes uh, to make you cry. That's absolutely true. Nice. And we love it. It's a menace a menace to society. Straight a, up. A, a, a dad menace to society. <laughs> <laughs> well, we have some questions Wait, from the audience. Wait, who are you? What? Who yeah, is I, that? I, yeah, I should, I should probably. <laughs> who is that? <laughs> Hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Binary, uh, otherwise known as Binary Dragon on Twitter. I'm the GM of the podcast No Latency. I stream on Twitch and I do acting sometimes. It's a lot of fun. That's me. Mm-hmm. And that is the crew of No Latency. And today we're going to answer questions from the audience about TTRPGs, Cyberpunk Red, and the story that we tell. It's going to be lots of fun. I'm going to start with a really simple one. How long has everyone been playing TTRPGs? And this is from Patreon. Thanks, the, Patreon. The, like, is it, do we know the user? Yeah. 
That's from Breezy. <laughs> oh, Breezy. We love yeah, Breezy. Yeah. Um, I started playing my first ever Dungeons & Dragons game um, when I was a freshman in college, uh, which was, God, 2011. So I've been playing uh, tabletops for 11 years. And I just, like, I, I had one game, and I fell in love, and I just have not stopped. Damn. I started in high school. I played 4th edition Dungeons & Dragons because 5th wasn't out yet. No 3.5? Uh, no. <laughs> Fuck that. I love 3.5. <laughs> hey, 3.5 was good. <laughs> no, 4th was weird, though. It was, it was super weird. I, I wasn't that into it, honestly. Um, but then in college, when five fifth edition came out, uh, I got the starter kit. I ordered the starter kit in the mail, lost it, ordered it again, then found it. So I had two starter kits and then ran two games. <laughs> <laughs> and I didn't even have the dungeon manual. And I ran stuff after the starter kit. I, I like verged from the starter kit without even having any of the core books. Uh, and I loved it. I loved it a lot. I played with my housemates and I got all the other books and I've been playing and, and DMing ever since. Well, my story is way more uh, uh, <clears throat> unique than your guys. As you see, you guys all started in college. I started in college also. Actually. <laughs> <laughs> I started in high school. Yeah. fourth edition you're right. I don't think you were so, so actually the one the, 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 I will say I will say I will say that uh so I actually I started in, in 2012 uh I knew that there was like this like D&D was like doing it a new thing and I was like oh that's cool and then I was like oh wow these books are $50 I can't do that so then I went online and I was like maybe I can like find like a pirated version and I, I mean, up, uh, I mean, I did. So what I actually ended up finding is a a free to play. Uh, it, it, what what it was was essentially uh, D and D three point five, but with like you know the serial code gra- uh, shaved off. <laughs> uh, and it was illegal. like I think you're no, no, no. to something no, illegal. No, no, but... no, no, because uh, I, actually I'm not because uh, the <laughs> the rules the, the rules for three point five were uh were released under creative commons uh so the like rules themselves you could like find easily and someone had like taken them and put a new skin on it essentially and i printed out like an entire i went to like the i'm telling you it's it, it was called basic it was so it was called basic fantasy rpg is what it was called okay and i printed it out quote all, unquote it's <laughs> a real game it's a real game okay subtitled dungeons and dugans D- dudes and dragons uh no but uh, i printed out like all 150 pages on like you know eight and a half by 11 at the at the library, the library, yeah. <laughs> and then <laughs> and then got it bound, and then spent like a good week reading the rules because I'd never like I had no idea what it was. Like I'd never had an introduction to D anD. D. I just heard that it was cool, and I was heard that something that like that you could do. And I was like, I'm nerdy. I'm already in the subculture. I'm gonna learn how to do D anD. D. And so I read this thing front like cover cover. Didn't understand a lick of it. 
and then put it away and went, that's too complicated. I don't understand it. And didn't pick it up for another year when D&D 5e officially came out. In which case, then I bought the starter kit and uh, <clears throat> I bought <clears throat> the starter kit. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> the starter kit? Uh, and then, uh, and then, uh, and then I ran my friends through it for, and then we played Curse of Strahd after that, and we oh, we've been playing the same. Mm. We had been playing the same group of characters for six years. It was so awesome, and then the pandemic hit, and then uh, they kind of that's it for them. Mm. We we we. Chat. Well, we didn't get those characters. I was going to say, we got that group back together. We did. For for a little bit. It was great and grand, but uh, it didn't survive the the digital transition. Uh-uh. Mm. But I love it now, and I've spent, pr- like, no joke, I've probably spent thousands of dollars on RPG books. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I may have, may have uh, taken the cheap way out to begin with, but I'm in it for the long haul. Oh, you paid for it eventually. <laughs> so uh i also kind of got started in high school um technically i'm a high school dropout i went to trade school um when i was younger and uh, i i was a nerd so i played magic the gathering and a guy that i played magic the gathering with uh noticed that i used to make stories while playing the game with how my uh cards were played so he invited me to play dungeons and dragons with him. Uh, the thing is, is that we didn't have a player's manual or a dungeon master's manual or anything like that. Um, apparently, this is like very early 2000s, so there wasn't really the internet too much to go to. Uh, my DM just went and bought a bunch of adventure books from a place called Half Price Books. He had a stack of like 30 of them that he bought for 20 bucks, and we just made up a character and just rolled a D20. And if you got a high enough than what he said, you just did it. And that was how we played. That sounds amazing. I mean, when you strip everything back, that's pretty much the game, isn't it? <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. Well, you can be it, surprised how far you can go without any rules. People always ask me, they're like, they're like, you know, I want to play, but it seems like really hard. And like, it's not, you're literally just playing pretend. They're like, yeah, but there are a lot of rules. I'm like, nobody gives a shit about the rules. Now, listen to me, people. If you give a shit about the rules, if you you give a shit about the rules, that's fine. But don't be a dick about it. Yeah, thank you. Really, you don't need the rules. You're just playing. You're just playing. It's like like improv uh, prompts, really, isn't it? Exactly. Essentially. No. Helps you give the structure. Yeah. Um, I started uh, in TP- TTRPGs when I was a kid playing 3.5. I love 3.5. Me and my. I also my, like Pathfinder. So, me and me and a few of my friends got together when we played this game, and I remember I DM'd as my first ever Dungeons and Dragons experience. And we uh, were playing this game and I gave them this room. And the only puzzle I had was that the door was unlocked and everything, but the door was indestructible, but unlocked. And they spent 25 minutes trying to break down that door. And then the quiet one went, I just open it. And I was like, yeah, it's open. And they went in and they beat the dragon or whatever I put in front of them. 
Um, but that's the most sort of distinctive D&D memory I have is just this really dumb puzzle that I thought was going to take like two seconds and just be a little bit of a joke of like, oh, no one ever checks if it's open. Um, I'm yeah. glad you stuck to your guns and like didn't help them and just watch them struggle for like 30 Well, that's minutes. what I thought I was meant to do. No, I'm the glad dude. you did it. I'm, that's what I'm saying. I'm glad. You didn't break your resolve. No, I didn't. I, I I played a little bit over the phone with my friend who lived really far away when I was a kid. And then I took a huge break. And then I met this person on the internet called Jade. And they were like, do you want to play some D&D? Do you want to play, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. play some D&D? Do you want to play some D&D? That's me and mocking that you, me mocking me. Uh, yeah, right. So uh, it's Jade's fault that I'm here. Mm, it's all Jade's yeah. fault. Yeah. So and it's uh, it's also Jade's fault that I'm here. Mm. Oh, yeah, it's weird. It's like I bring people together to play games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I like that question. Thanks so much, Breezy. We've got another question from Patreon, which I think uh, moves on quite quickly. And it kind of lets us talk about the game we're playing right now, which is Cyberpunk. How did you come up with your character concepts? And what made you choose the life path slash role that you did? And that's from Swirly Inc on patreon thanks swirly ink it's mm. a Swirly hard question ink. actually uh i uh, actually i this is not a hard question for me because as soon as uh i was brought into this idea of a podcast <clears throat> i knew exactly i was like oh i definitely want to be just a cowboy from the badlands and the the, the toughest question for me was like what is this guy's deal? You know, I, I I knew that the basic idea was going to be just gunslinger from the Badlands. Uh, but like, what was what was the thing that made him interesting? And I got to say. I love being the butt of the joke. I will happily be the one that fumbles through and gets people into trouble uh, just because I think that's interesting. So. If there is a uh, if there's a button that says don't press, Jeb will probably press it. Right. So that's just something. Hey, those of you who are worried if if everyone's being mean to Jeb, like that's the thing that he wants to be. Yeah. Just for the record, like we're all friends. Is yeah, there, we're all mean to Jeb though. Is there <laughs> any evidence on the internet that someone's like, oh man, they're really mean to Jeb? Um, so no, was, literally no one has yes. ever said that. Nobody has ever said that. There is, there is one review on... on, on uh, they're like, oh, they just one... shit on this guy. <laughs> yeah, they, no, where they're like, they just seem to not like each other. It's <laughs> one of the comments. <laughs> I mean, oh, I, I have read that guy. I have read that guy. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody likes anybody on this podcast. They hate each other. <laughs> wow. Well, like, you, sometimes you don't like the people you end up getting paired up with. I mean... But carry on, Jeb. Uh, sorry, carry on spoon. <laughs> no, no, that was that's pretty much it. Like I, I knew immediately. I was like, boom. Uh, well, so the the one thing was, I was at first, you know, you look through all like the classes and stuff in Cyberpunk, and we started this podcast when Cyberpunk, the video game, had like relatively recently come out, and so like that was a pretty big inspiration. But I was like, I don't know, all that stuff seems like really like standard like what's something different i was like oh a cowboy duh and so it was just cowboy plus shenanigans equals jeb <laughs> nice uh mine was really easy too because i was also in the middle of doing a bunch of research for a book i'm trying to write 
Uh, I've been researching Japan and samurai and uh, Japanese culture and Japanese history a lot. Um, and so I was like, well, I don't I know there's like samurai and cyberpunk street samurai. And I know there's uh, Arasaka and all that stuff because I didn't I didn't know anything about cyberpunk really. So but I vaguely knew about that. There was some sort of Japanese element involved. So I'm like, oh, why don't I just lean into that? Be a samurai assassin with a cool robot arm. Um, and he was kind of boilerplate at first. And I kind of, uh, just, you know, stoic samurai, which is kind of opposite. I like playing really silly characters. So this was kind of opposite of what I normally play. Uh, but I kind of found his, his vibe after a couple of sessions, I think of like what, what his whole deal is, how he gels with the rest of the group, um, what his morals are and that sort of stuff. So yeah, mine was like, this is what I'm interested in. Nice. Um, now, Evan and Jade, your story is a little different, isn't it? Yeah, because we created our characters for a one shot. Yeah. yeah. Um, I remember uh, for me, um, when we had talked about doing it, I got super excited. And usually it's I do the same thing every time whenever um, I get pumped to, to play a game is that I make like about four characters and then find out what everyone else plays and then play the one slot that we kind of need um, for that. Uh, but with with Remy, I got excited, actually, because nobody picked the one I really wanted, which was tech, um, because I'm such a giant sci-fi nerd. And uh, I got a, I, and, and being Remy, I was like, OK, I want to be this person that's really into tech, um, but like I really want like it to be something showing wise, which is why I decided I wanted to have Remy have a TV for a head. Um, mainly because it was a, a great aesthetic that I enjoyed, um, especially from my uh, love of watching anime. I was inspired by a character from... Uh, Fully Cooly. Uh, Fully Cooly, yes. And from uh, <laughs> an anime called Dead Leaves, um, which... I gave me the idea for having um, a TV for a head, which to me was like really um, an interesting point of showing for tech, which would make a lot of sense for somebody having that, like it's kind of the route they would go, but also kind of giving myself somewhat of a handicap because yes, um, even in cyberpunk deal, this is an extreme uh, kind of look for it. So I thought it'd be, um, a much more of a challenge for myself and having to be able to deal with that. Yeah. And Evan, you didn't even know about Saga, right? You made no. it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Sagas. <laughs> I freaking yeah. love Saga. Yeah. There's a whole race <laughs> of television head people, which I thought was like <laughs> what you borrowed from, but it's kind no. of funny that you didn't even know about what I thought was the most popular TV yeah. people. <laughs> well, now I, I didn't even out. think about that. It's mm. really good. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah, should read it. Um, I, because there were, what, two other, it was just me and Evan and one other yes. person in the one shot. Um, and, uh, Evan and our other player picked theirs and I was like, I was just like going through the characters and I was like, I don't want to be a cop. I don't want to be a rocker boy. And then I, I came across Corpo and I was like, huh. Huh. Which is really funny because you're like, I don't want to be a cop because 
fucking hate cops. I don't want to be a rocker boy. I don't want to be a rocker boy because like those guys are douchebags. Yeah. But a but a capitalist. Oh, I don't mind if I do. Well, I'm just I was so intrigued by like how you would play a character like that. And so I like I I skimmed it. I hey, I'll tell you guys a secret, listeners. I've never read a fucking book in my life. Um, except it Dune. shows. Except Dude. Dude's the only book I've ever read. <laughs> wow. Um, it's a big one. I I own an absurd amount of gameplay books for having never read a gameplay book. Um, I, I like like Spoon. I have spent way too much money on on source material, um, but I I however I, like, uh, can only read rules. I get made fun of because <laughs> I can't read regular books mm. uh, like oh, a story. True. Like a, you give me a novel, and I'll be like, "Wow, this sounds so interesting!" And I'll read the first two pages of like, "This sounds really good. This great writing." And then I'll put it down and read more rules. <laughs> Spoon Spoon will pick up uh, will pick up a, um, like a. A, a new game book and read it cover to cover in one day. Holy shit. No, that hurts me inside. <laughs> I love it, guys. I love maniac, it. Stop absolute me. maniac shit. Holy absolute. shit. Um, Carry on, Jade. Oh, I just like, I was, I was like, huh, how do I play a capitalist? What's that like? Um, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I, I kind of just built, uh, I built them off of like, just being a, a a manager, a boss, um, and trying to like run things. And I didn't really think about where she would go because we were doing a one shot. Uh, but afterwards I like built out in, in the, the source books, they have like nice grids and shit to like fill out all your history. And I spent a really long time looking at that and, and thinking and like going back and changing things. But the, the book really, really helped with, with building character wise. And I think she ended up being really cool. Um, I mean, I hope she's cool. She's part of the podcast. So mm. <laughs> Iona's, Iona's a pretty cool yes. character. Let's uh, be honest. Yeah. Well, Iona gets Vendel as well. Yeah. Yeah. That was one of the cool things is that I, I have underlings and I was like, how is that going to work? do i play two people what happens and then i i talked to binary about it and binary was like oh no no i'll do it and so now binary is stuck playing my character and we eventually did get a question about that oh really go no go ahead yeah, yeah we got a, we got a question on twitter uh i did not write down the name um but uh who decides what vendel does um it's kind of like a uh a, a, like a partnership thing we kind of you know we talk yeah. about it as it's going but binary and i have like a really good like improv relationship we bounce off of each other really well so i think that generally when we're playing when we're in the middle of gameplay we can kind of vibe off of what the other person is doing unless like i have a wild idea about what vendel should be doing binary That's actually on thing, the same right? wavelength or yeah, like, and and in my sorry to interrupt you, uh, Spoon, real quick. Uh, in my head, I always say to myself, "Well, I don't really get to choose unless there's a really good story reason." Mm -hmm. So, Jade, your ideas usually are, are priority. Yeah, you're going to say something, though, Spoon. I was just going to say that, like at this point, uh, it really feels like both you, Binary, and you, Jade, just have an understanding of who Vendel is as a character. So it's mm -hmm. not really a who decides what Vandell does. It's like, no, no, no. Vandell 
we know who Vandell is as a character, so they are going to do the thing that Vandell is going to do because that's just who they are. Yeah. No, I think that makes total sense. That, like, honestly, at this point, I feel like anybody could make those choices for Vandell because we all have a pretty good understanding of what they as a person would do. It is weird Absolutely. that multiple people are playing that character, basically. <laughs> it's yeah. kind of weird when you think about it. It's pretty it. cool, actually. Yeah. It's really exciting. I, I like it. as a. It's a tough thing to do, and I think you, you have to have a really trusting relationship with your GM and player to be like, I'm not going to fuck you over with this, but it's still going to be fun. You I'm have asked me, though, several times, being like, hey, are you going to be okay if Vendel dies? And I'm always like, uh, yeah, I mean, if, it's, if that's the way it goes, that's the way it goes. <laughs> Yeah, but it has so, yet it has yet to happen. Thank goodness. Yeah, they did lose a leg. They did. Hey, that's the business for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do keep getting mortally injured. That's, yes. that's uh, true. We we got a question from Altelsorian Games on Twitter. Did anyone besides Jeb roll romances in their life path? Uh, um. I did. Yes, I rolled a uh, romance that I had with uh, somebody called Felicia Hart, um, who uh, ran away with me from my uh, coven when I was young. Um, but things didn't work out between the two of us. And uh, now, after being separated for several years, they have gone off and had their own family. So uh, Remy still kind of uh, is dealing with that because he still cares for Felicia and a big way but um you know doesn't want to interrupt their life well let's get some get some deep lore let's go i like the life path system jade you were talking about it earlier like it's a really good way to just boost you into it and the great thing about it's like you you don't actually have to be like that's what my character does but it can make you make a decision and i like that I do that actually with like every character is honestly, every, every time I make a character, I'm like character background template. <laughs> and I'm like, Oh, let me just fill out these things. And it's it just like, it's nice to have every time. Um, I definitely did make a romance that ended poorly that turned into like a, a knife, you know, like a, like an enemy, a knife that for like storytelling, um, except right. My character sheet got deleted, and so I don't remember any of it. <laughs> so it's gone. <laughs> wow, it's like a bad relationship you had that you forgot about. Oh yeah, like like most of my relationships is <laughs> gone. I don't remember any of it. Oh wow. I just good. delete. I just delete anything I don't want anymore. In the cyberpunk world, yeah, for sure. Uh, I didn't have one. No, I wanted to focus more on family. Um, and I was pretty much like, yeah, raised as an assassin. So there's like no, no room for that. And everyone that I trained with were more like family. They're not, there's not any romance involved in my past. Maybe in the future. Um, Maybe in the future. (laughs) Maybe in the future. Uh, If Sahanel kills all of Arasaka, maybe. Maybe some lucky so-and-so will finally uh, tie him down on, uh, what was it, Ember? Did we call it? Uh, Oh, Ember. Yeah, the dating app. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So here's one from Lois on Patreon. What has been your favorite moment of the game so far? That's a good question. 
Uh, I think I would have to say my favorite moment was just the introduction and how we went about the whole uh, uh, romance or potential romance that is totally never going to happen. But I, I just kind of <laughs> love that that unrequited love uh, scene between Jeb and uh, Joy. Just big fan. I just love the like how awkward it was and how sad it was. <laughs> Uh, I just like laughing at myself. So that's it. Well, and your your like love interests have brought on some really, really funny moments. Like your interactions with Joy are fucking hilarious. And when we were first introduced to Joy, when we were trying to get like Vendel to pretend to be your honey, um, that's just like those Vendel moments are yes. fucking killing me. <laughs> so funny. All the nicknames. Uh, it was great. God, and I, it, it's so good. It's so good. It built like that that fucking callback for uh, for Vendel that I that I absolutely love. The cowpoke is so good. Um, I think my favorite moment was in the bunker uh, when um, Remy confronted Iona about what was going on in there, and then what happened with Nine. Um, because, uh, for me, it was, it was a really interesting story bit as well as I think, um, probably one of the more difficult and scary times for me, uh, improving with Jade because, um, you know, we were definitely getting into some tough territory for it. And I think we both, uh, were able to make something one that's really interesting and to be respectful to each other as players uh, doing it. Um, so it made for me personally, it made me much more comfortable um, to be able to uh, have that kind of drama now, uh, which I appreciate because normally I get very nervous about upsetting somebody with that. So the trust that I have with y'all now to be able to do that, I think helps make the drama not as scary for me, but still impactful. Yeah, actually, I was thinking about that that moment, too, where you are talking about, you know, telling everyone what's going on and you're leaving because I won't, you know, I won't let you talk about it um, or even like tell you what's really happening. Um, and I sick nine on you. I think about I think about that moment a lot. Um because that's kind of that's the it's the it's the corpo thing like i have to do what i have to do that's you know and if somebody's in the way um but yeah it was a really great gameplay moment and um it's built kind of like this tie slash rift between iona and remy because they've they've been the get together the longest but also like have this like distrust I, I really appreciate it. It's like a really awesome relationship that we have. And it's it's some of my favorite bits of this game. Okay, I have two. Uh, one was, I think, the best joke I ever told, which is when we asked for like all the vending machines. And then I said, do they pop up on a mini map? Yes. where they get revealed yes. when i listen back to that i fucking <laughs> i did not realize how fucking funny that was because i was 
I never usually laugh at my own stuff, but that was the one time I was like, that's cool. <laughs> it was that's very funny. Funny shit. Uh, I enjoy. You, you can find a clip of that on our Facebook page. Oh. No. Yeah. Uh, I enjoy when we attribute this to video game, uh, especially since Cyberpunk is out. Um, another one is when we did What's the Signal? Uh, yes. <laughs> 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 I don't know. I just some. This is more of a serious game, but sometimes we just get into really silly moments. Wait, is that the real signal or the fake signal? <laughs> what I, so, oh my god, that was. So I don't. Funny. I don't know how long it got cut down to, but we were probably it's, talking. You, you plan. You plan for an entire episode. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so it was real time because we yeah. we spent like forty five minutes <laughs> talking it, it was about. So funny, I couldn't cut any of it because you were it. That episode was I, I debated cutting it down, and I just was like, no, this is what these people yeah. do, and it it or it was moving constantly because there were new ideas happening, you know. Yeah, I'm but so it, happy I, I couldn't cut it. You, I'm so happy you didn't because yeah. that was probably the most I've ever laughed at the podcast was just listening back to what what's the signal everyone was just on board jumping in riffing <laughs> on it it's like when you get one of those games going in a session it's just i don't know it's that's fun it's like stuff you can't have in any other medium you know it's like friends hanging out joking while also progressing a story so yeah it's it's pretty great uh i i, I always default to uh the the flames flower on the ladder moment um where you rolled where jade rolled personal grooming to fire a fire extinguisher <laughs> yeah because i believe that's where we started being like hey you want to be you want to throw some bullshit in with some skills yeah just make something apparently, up apparently binary is just gonna be like yeah fuck it yeah, like, yeah. and that was the beginning of that that's when we um, learned binary will yeah. accept anything that episode you just, it's just gonna be cool enough <laughs> it's just as long as it's cool and it's one of those things where it's in it's in all the books it's in almost every ttrpg the rule of cool should win out every time as long as it's reasonable um but i love that episode so much personal grooming <laughs> i think that's when we got in our groove you know in that facility the yeah, yeah. The, the um yeah 19 yeah. satellite station not seven. zombies seven? Not zombies. Not zombies. Yeah. I think that's when we're like, we're hitting something good. The Sano and Retro Show is recorded in front of a live studio audience. Join Sano and Retro, the oddest couple in Night City, exclusively on our Patreon at patreon.com forward slash no latency. Sato, why the fuck is my bed made? The microwave isn't working. Can you talk to it? What will these two get up to next? I don't know why you keep sticking your finger in that part. It's not a bowling ball. Oh, God. Here's one uh, from Patreon. Do you listen to the show? And if so, how different is the podcast versus playing the game? I have to uh, say, I don't listen. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> There's so many episodes. I can't keep up. Oh, my God. So I never know what's going on because I don't listen.
True. <laughs> it's like a new game you, every time I play. You you probably could guess by the titles of each episode, if in fairness. Uh, I listen, and I think it's great. Was, <laughs> the... there, was, was there another part of that question? Was... <laughs> no. Oh, how different how, is it from, like, how, how like, the session? How different is it? Uh, uh, the sound effects and music make it. Yeah. Binary Truly, puts so much yeah. work and so much time into making it, like, feel like you're in a whole experience, and it totally shows. It's amazing. Uh, it is a lot more quiet and a lot more, uh, dare I say, um, there's a lot more ums and ands and spaces. And so there's it's not as it's not as clean as binary yeah, makes it all sound sure. at the end. Yeah, it feels like but a I would argue in our memory. It's pretty clean. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like our memory edits out all the ums and the ahs. Yeah. No, I remember everyone last time. Twenty three ums. I'm going I'm trying to cut that in half today. <laughs> yeah, like the sound effects, they're so subtle too, because I usually listen to the car driving the work. Sometimes there's stuff going on that I have to like re-listen to the episode with headphones on because I'm like, oh my god, that's such a cool sound effect. Like it's such a subtle like whistle or hum or like or like I don't even know where he's getting all this stuff. Uh and it's so so cool. Epidemic sounds. Yeah. Yeah, we have a referral link on the website. Yeah. Oh there you go. <laughs> that's where he gets it. Uh but like Sometimes you'll enter a room and I, I wouldn't have imagined that that room would make that sound. But then you put it in and it's like, that's cool. That's really cool. It like makes sense. Um, so it's more like honestly watching a show for me. I don't feel like I'm listening to myself. I feel like I'm in watching a show with high production quality. Um, and when I'm playing, I feel like I'm just messing around. So it's I, I I have a very stark difference between when I listen and when I when I play. Yeah. Uh, I I agree. Um, I also listen to it uh, when I, I either when I'm driving home from work or uh, when I'm just painting some minis. Uh, and a lot of times, uh, the choices that are picked are ones that I don't really think of because like when we're playing, I I have my own imagination about how things sound. And then I hear it and I was like, oh, I, I did not imagine it that way. That actually sounds a lot better than I thought it was going to sound like because my own memory uh, failed me. So, um, yeah. and it's also like, there's also a couple of times where I listen to shows like, I don't remember it being that way. How did it end up turning that way? And then I remember all the right editing. <laughs> yeah. Like the, the, the flame sword sound effects, like a chainsaw almost. It's yeah. It's it is cool. actually a chainsaw. Yeah. yeah. Slightly, <laughs> slightly edited, but yes, it is a chainsaw. Yeah. It's like, uh, I didn't even think of it when it, when you said it would made a noise and it was like, like that. And I'm like, that's cool. Well, the, the sword sound has changed too. Cause it used to be silent and uh, not silent. It used to be pretty quiet mm. and it had a lot more of a, like a laser vibe to it. Mm. But after it got broken and repaired by retro and does arguably more damage, but makes more noise. I wanted it to have like sound. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Um, I listened, I do listen to the podcast, uh, a lot. Um, cause I edit it. <laughs> uh, the, the thing that's, that's different for me is I hear, I hear when someone has an idea that they don't get to land. Cause I hear, cause everything's d divided in separate tracks. And so there's this weird thing in my head of like, I wonder what they would have said. 
every now and again. It doesn't happen very often, if I'm honest. It's like once, once a recording session, and we do like two or three episodes of recording session, there's just one moment where someone's just going. And it's always someone different, which I like. I like that it's not the same people. But there's part of me that's like, oh, I wonder what that would have been. Because by now, by the time I've got to that point, I can't text anybody and ask because you have forgotten. Yeah. So that that's, that, for me, that's, that's kind of cool. I that's like that. Cool. I get to kind of see the slight edges of a multiverse. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, I gotta, I gotta ask. I gotta ask because uh, if no one else is going to ask, I'm going to do it. So, uh, Binary, how long does it take for you to, uh, to edit these together? Okay, so each episode takes me around about eight hours to edit. Damn. Um, I can rush that, but I like to take my time as I do it, and I try and split it into two sessions. One where I edit everything down and cut out all the ums and the ahs and create a bit more of a... Sometimes I'll move things uh, apart when like, the recording has overlapped you and it hasn't really in the real world, which was interesting. That happens occasionally. Um, that usually takes about four to six hours, and then the ambience and the sound effects usually takes like two to four hours, depending on how much action there is. So it's a lot of work. It used to take longer. It used to take me like 14 I'm, well, yeah, it's a it's a practice, it. yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's a lot of effort you put into this thing. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I love doing it, so it's it's a it's a there you go, a labor of love. I and you can you can hear the passion in the show, which is why everybody's listening to this in the first place. Oh yeah, hi Patreon. Here's another one for the crew. And this is just a, a little fun one, nice and quick. What would your character buy if Eddie's were no object? And that's from Breezy on Patreon. Jeb doesn't have a good understanding of money or finance to begin with. So as far as he's concerned, uh, Eddie's are no object. <laughs> uh, and uh, But if he had a lot more Eddie's, he would probably buy some sort of like a state out in the badlands where no one can like mess with him. And then he would probably just like build a whole, like there'd be an entire section of the estate. That's just, just for Sloan. <laughs> so she can play around and have fun. And then he like would an probably. Like an atrium for her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I would imagine that at some point Jeb would like to retire and just go and like drive cars and ride motorcycles out around the Badlands just for funsies and not have to worry about being killed and uh, being experimented on and being made fun of and, you know, all those things that come with friends. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, Iona would probably um, Create a space, uh, you, you know, you said a state, it was funny because I was, I was like, create a space that's completely sterile, it's like a, um, a, a very, very safe space home for themselves, uh, very pristine and clean. Like right now, they, um, we've just recently upped um, my skill point level, so I have gone up, which means that I do have a bigger um, housing from Biotechnica, but it's not up to like Iona's sanitary standards. She spends a lot of time cleaning when not on screen. Um, 
So probably something, probably something like that. <laughs> yeah, Sano would get like a mountain shrine all to himself. It's a tiny little hut in the forest and meditate and be alone. <laughs> uh, Retro would probably buy a uh, massive junkyard uh, that he could use. So that way uh, all kinds of parts always have incoming parts um, and secretly also turn it into a uh, night market at some point uh, as well. Uh, yes. Oh, I was just, I, I was thinking, I was like, huh, did, are, are we all picking um, abodes because millennials will never know what it's like to own a home? I was <laughs> going to say that. <laughs> you know, we're living out our fantasies of, of owning property. Oh my God, <laughs> I was going to say exactly that. So. Even in cyberpunk, we all wish that we had a place to live. <laughs> well, we don't really cover it. Material stuff that much. I just just want to live somewhere. The question, yeah, the question became, "What's your like?" It's uh, it's what's your dream home? It's what's your dream (laughs) home? Yeah, I guess so. Uh, I I have to admit that it did like that. Our living problems definitely came into the game itself because I remember I was talking with Binary about it. Like Binary, I don't have a house in the game. Where do I live? (laughs) Where Where am I living now? And I went. That's a story. Is there anyone else? No. Oh, uh, Ping would buy out Arasaka and liquidate the company. <laughs> Damn. Straight up buy out Arasaka. Yeah. Here's another question from Twitter. I wrote this one down a while ago and don't remember who asked it. What's your favorite homebrew rule slash thing from the show? Bureaucracy. Bureaucracy. <laughs> that's, a, that's a rule from the book. Your homebrew thing. We've had a lot of homebrew things. Uh, slow. Some of which have been suggested by you. Oh, um, risky. So, risky. Yeah. The pets. The pets. Yeah, the pets. Sloan and risky. Yeah. I, I really. Risky's been fun. The I I have to. Uh, I feel like I haven't been using Sloan enough, and so, and not not so much of like a using her in a mechanical sense, but using Sloan as a as a story device, and. uh it was very, it was like the main thing of like the first arc. And then it was just like, oh, she's good now. And uh, yeah, I want to bring her back because uh, she's certainly a big, uh, a big part of Jeb as a character and, Valid. and also very homebrew. Pretty sure she's infected and, too with yeah. <laughs> so. But also uh, Sloan kind of replaces your role. Right. As a nomad, because we we didn't really want to do the multiple vehicle thing. We wanted like a, a Scooby van. <laughs> <laughs> going out, going out and solving mystery. Yep. Yeah. Gang. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't really pick one. Cause as Remy, I kind of come up with a lot of homebrew stuff for what we need at the time. Uh, I just, I have to say, I enjoy getting to come up with, crazy things off the top of my head or what I've been, you know, internet deep diving before playing and being able to pull stuff off, such as like exploding the train using uh, a a bunch of kitchenware or uh, 
turning uh, Jeb's bike into a, a nitro boost using uh, hydrogen cell from the train that I stole. Or uh, that's 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 my favorite bit is uh, just being able to come up with all kinds of uh, random techie bullshit as per my rule gets to do. Yeah, those are always awesome. By the way. <laughs> Yeah, like, they're always fun. They're so creative, all the things you come... Even if they're stolen from movies, like, no one understands what movies you're talking about, so... <laughs> yeah. I never understand what movie you're yeah, talking about, but I'm like, what? How the... It's what? very cool. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I like my heat sword. I like that it does more damage, but it's loud. I like that trade-off. It has a good story. I like your sword a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite homebrew rule... Is Iona's um, the sanitizer, sanitizer dispenser? My, my, my spidey webs, but the mm. hand sanitizer. Yeah, I, I I love it as a mechanic because it can really give Iona something solid to react oh to. Oh my gosh, Jade! Um, I just listened to the then one of the newer ones where you freak out where you're yelling and screaming. Mm-hmm. That's so funny. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was oh counting down um, since you've had it. I was like, I'm waiting for the time where you roll bad so that we get to see it. And it hasn't happened for the longest time. And then when it did, it did happen. It happened. It was glorious. Uh, <laughs> the way that you handled it. Cause I was just like, I was like, I know they're going to freak out, but probably not that bad. No, no, you went full to the wall with it. I was like, oh my God, so great. And I, I like that it affected like the next few episodes. All through the rest of the Steve Mansion, there were, there were lots of like, don't touch me, or Vendel, will you punch me while we're in an elevator so that my shield protects me from germs in my mind? <laughs> oh yeah, that's my <laughs> favorite homebrew thing that I made, was that yeah. I made the shields from Dune. <laughs> you know, like the body shields from Dune, where like, if you go slow, you can go through them, but if you go fast, you can't? Can we mm. have those? <laughs> it's the only book yeah. that Jade's ever read. Uh, <laughs> ever read. <laughs> I'm glad I it love use. Oh, That's great. I love do. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I've got some quick fire ones for individuals. This one is from Twitter from Altalsorian Games. Is Remy's head an LCD or a CRT? Um, Remy's head is for sure uh, a CRT. Um, it's not an LED because LED would not, uh, you wouldn't need that much space for it. So it is an old cathode diode tube. Uh, TV where they actually had a lot more electronics and you know the light inside to produce the picture because the TV itself is more of actually a brain case to hold Remy's head in um, because um, backstory for I don't think we've had in there Remy lost his head when he was uh, 15 years old due to a stray bullet um, which destroyed his head and his mentor Delphine Raphael um, was only able to put it back together again because they didn't have, they refused to put him inside of a healing tube because um, several other soldiers took uh, precedence um, and he wasn't a soldier. So nice. Well, now we know. Yeah. Uh, Sano, how wide did you get the cybertech that you hate if you hate cybertech? And that's from Patreon from Breezy. Oh, yeah. Um, so Arasaka forces you to get cybertech. So a lot of that was, was um, put in, in all the people training while they were growing up. Um, but Sano kind of like 
understands that it's necessary to do the things he wants to do. So it's kind of like, I hate this, but I'm going to use it to murder everyone that made me go through this. And um, he understands that uh, too much cyber tech is bad as well. So he tries to get as little as possible. It's just his eyes and his arms. Um, he doesn't really want to go more than that. Thank you. Jade, who does Iona trust the most in the crew? Another Patreon question from Breezy. Um, well, okay. Uh, Vendel, obviously. And then Ping. Really? Hmm, okay. Um, and then Sano. Nope. I'm sorry. Vendel, Stranger, Ping, Sano, Jeb, Remy. Sorry, sorry. And then Joy. Joy's after you. Um, and then Bob. Um, wow. and then oh, interesting. And then Tuna. <laughs> you're not. You're just listening every character. Uh, I'm going in order, though. In, in, in okay, order. Okay, okay. Um, uh, bottom, very bottom of the list is definitely Reeves. Oh no, he tries so hard. <laughs> that bitch fucked up our mission <laughs> more than once. <laughs> I, f- I um, forgot to put Sawtooth in there, but he's pretty high. Yeah, no, it don't don't doesn't Iona still have a crush on Sawtooth in theory? It hasn't. We haven't like played with it in a while, but no. In but, theory, yeah. In theory, yeah. Spoon is Jeb interested in getting any cybertech for himself from Patreon again from Breezy? Breezy had quite a few questions for everyone, so Breezy, Breezy listens is... to the show very in depthly. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah Breezy, on it. Breezy and sends me it. notes every every week uh, that are really stylized. They're gorgeous. I'm going to start posting them on Patreon with permission. Yeah, Jeb is not super interested in cybertech. Uh, if anything, especially now that he's been uh, tested on, I don't think he is very interested in having anything like attached to him or being altered in any way. Uh, I think he's also... The way I saw, and this is, I don't think this is canon at all, like in in the cyberpunk world, like rules as written. But like, I really saw the the different tribes of like the nomads in the Badlands as like being very uh, influenced from like Native American culture. And I really like that idea that it's like they're doing their own thing and they're and they're kind of a sovereign people outside of the city and they have like a different culture and they have a different way of looking at the world and like the only reason that sloan has those uh cybernetic implants is because she needed them to survive uh and i think now jeb is kind of perhaps jeb is maybe even seeing the uh the usefulness of them especially like recently having Excuse me. Having put a uh, a cybernetic eye implant into uh, into Sloan, so I guess we'll see. Maybe maybe he'll he'll kind of come around, but as of right now, he doesn't want anything to do with it. All right, I have two questions left. One is a is a Sano and Retro question, and the other one is for everyone. Oh, so here is one from Lois on Patreon. <laughs> who's uh, apparently a big fan of the Sano Retro show. <laughs> um, <laughs> Who isn't? Minor spoilers for side quest right now. Where does Mama Mallard live? 
Like, is she just living in Retro and Sana's apartment? Is there a pet fee? What are the boys feeding her? <laughs> you think there's a pet fee in that apartment? <laughs> Sorry. Have you listened to the show? <laughs> you want sex? We have rat. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's actually what... What Bossman just said is the main reason why we have uh, Mama Mallard, because Mama Mallard uh, keeps the rats away, uh, which is why Sano only kind of puts up with Mama Mallard. Um, Mama Mallard has Kendall's, her own... We've, listen, we've Kendall is shaking his head. Multiple Sano and Retro episodes about how much I hate animals <laughs> in the apartment. We've had like two or three that's like, why is this dog in this living room? So like... Where are you keeping Mama Mallard if you have? Well, Mama Mallard is in uh, Remy's bedroom. He, uh, Mama Mallard has her own little nest. I know that uh, Sano gets upset sometimes when I overfill the bathtub so that way Mama Mallard can paddle around a bit. And, you know, <laughs> sometimes, you know, you can get upset when Mama Mallard starts, you know, quacking up while, you know, you're doing your thing uh, late at night. But you know, Mama Mallard has nightmares sometimes, you know. They did get kidnapped to, to transform into a box. So, I mean, you know, you got to deal with, 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 with Mama Mallard's PTSD. The, okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's a very sano response. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> um, and finally, a question for everybody. Um, and I like this one. We got it on Twitter. Again, I wrote it down. Uh, and apologies, I did not write down who asked this. Do you have any advice for getting into TTRPGs that aren't D&D? Is there good places to start? Just fucking play a game. Just play it. Hey, 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 look at me. Look at me in my eyeballs. It's I know podcast. you're listening to this. It's a podcast. Yeah. yeah. Look at, look, pretend. Hey, close your eyes. Now pretend you're looking into my eyes. I'm staring into your soul. Close your eyes. Now pretend that you're looking through those same eyes that you just closed, but into mine. <laughs> yeah, close your eyes. Pretend that your eyes are actually your ears and you're looking into the sound that I'm speaking into your mind. <laughs> a little complicated, man. This is, this is what I cut out of the show. <laughs> um, it's mostly just Jade f- fucking, fucking off the whole time. Um, a lot of it. Listen, listen. It's, it's just a game. You can make anything into a TPTRPG if you try hard enough. Just play a game. That's all you gotta do. Play pretend, close your eyes, then look into my eyes. It's, now listen. This isn't good advice. Just play a game. <laughs> are you telling no. me? Are you telling me not? You're, you're saying just do it. That's what your advice <laughs> yeah. is. Just yeah. do it. Just, just, no, my, my advice. That's okay, me. yeah, sure. <laughs> you know what? My advice not, is just do it. Specifically, not D and D. Like how? How is? How do you? Find the not D and D. Actually, yeah, okay, Spoon, you would know. Go ahead, ahead Spoon. Go ahead, tell Kickstarter. I've been, I've been waiting. I've been waiting, you guys. This is this this question was made for me Do because it. I've gone on many a rants about how everyone just takes D and D and like hacks it to bits to make it tell a different kind of story. Because let's be honest, D and D is great. I absolutely love D and D. I think it's phenomenal. I think Fifth Edition is the best edition yet. There's so much going for it, but D&D excels at telling one type of story, and that is about the larger-than-life, almost superhero-esque characters going on monster-hunting adventures. That game is about superheroes fighting monsters, and that's fucking awesome, and it's rad as hell. But 
if you don't want to tell a story about superheroes fighting monsters, you're going to end up hacking D&D so far that it won't resemble, it won't be its optimal self. It's like, I, I always like to, um, to liken it to all the mods in Skyrim. It's like, yeah, you can mod Skyrim to be a first-person shooter, but at that point, why aren't you just playing Counter-Strike, you know? It's like, there are other games that do that better. You don't have to hack Skyrim to be Minecraft. Just play Minecraft. And that's how I see TTRPGs. If you want to tell a different story, there is certainly a labor of love that, like, a few people have put an abnormal amount of time into creating a game made just to tell that kind of story. Do you want to do a uh, a a heist, uh, like heisting stories about in a haunted industrial uh, city? Play it's in the dark. Do you want to play the the equivalent of the X Files or Supernatural, Monster of the Week? Do you want to play a, a game about uh, the escapades of just an everyday life and all the the bombasticness of uh, different people's lives getting entangled. Play Fiasco. Like, there's something out there for every type of story. You just have to find it. Um, I would suggest, uh, I mean, going off of Spoon's uh, stellar speech, uh, I would say if you want to find any of those games, my best bet would be going to uh, RPG Guild or DMs Guild to online. Well- well, drive-through RPG. Drive-through well. RPGs. That's what I was thinking of. Sorry, um, that's a really good um, space to find those. Um, if you're not able to find anything that kind of clicks with you, that you have like a specific kind of idea you want to try, um, there's always GURPS, which is a good way to be able to help build something that you'd be interested in building. And then another one, which is a little bit easier that I enjoy, is called uh, Fate. The Fate system, I think, is a really good one. If you're like, I want to do something like. There's a specific kind of IP that I want to play, and I want to kind of build off of that using the Fate Core system, I think, is always a good one to, to build off of. Yeah. Also, just ask your friends or ask post online, like, hey, then I'm interested in a space game or a horror game or, um, you know, a, a, a superhero game that's more specific around hero powers. Um and see who's interested. Um, and if they are, um, you know, play it. People will learn new systems if they're interested. You just got to find people that are interested. Usually people that play D&D just kind of want to play D&D. So you got to figure out who wants to play. I don't think it's good forcing someone else to play your your dumb space horror game. If yeah. you just want to kill monsters, you know. <laughs> and I will say... Oh, Jade, you were going to say. Oh, sure, yeah. Um... Some a really really easy game to like get into and to like introduce a lot of people to like the gameplay mechanic and story building together as a group um, is a game that I actually found while looking for a horror TTRPG um, called Ten Candles and it's a cooperative storytelling to the fucking T and there's a bajillion stories you can tell with it but it's all about working together um, and I I think it's a really great place for people to begin. And, and that's similar. And I like that because there's this thing in TTRPGs. You see a lot of other people play multiple sessions of something. There's nothing wrong with just doing a, a TTRPG that's designed to be a one-shot. Mm-hmm. Like 
was it? It's not. It's eleven candles. Ten. There's only ten candles. Ten candles or honey heist. Or honey heist. Yeah, honey heist. You do a simple one. Yeah. Yeah. There's what was it? Laces and feelings is also a good one. So the one shot. That's one page. Yeah. And just try a one shot. That's why. That's what made me fall in love with cyberpunk. I gotta say one last thing, and that is, you also need to know like what you enjoy from a from a ttrpg uh and what your other friends that are going to play with you also are looking for and there is a spectrum there on one side you have very crunchy tactical role-playing games that like verge on wargaming and on the other side you have uh super loosely defined rules that verge on simply being uh uh, improv prompts and exercises and you have to find where you value your time and what you want to focus on like and honestly D&D skews much closer to the tactical than most people think uh, and again that's totally fine and awesome like a lot of people love war games and a lot of people love just doing improv and you just got to find where you land and where that game that you want to play also lands because you can play fate or lasers and feelings or honey heist till the cows come home but if your friends want to get into like tactical uh fights and like where the little people are going to be then you're not they're not going to have as much fun i just want to see how much damage i can do with this warhammer (laughs) <laughs> the narrative amount <laughs> do you have anything else to say to the audience before we uh before we finish off this q and a special podcast thing thank you yeah. <laughs> thank no, you so much for listening to this fucking show thank you yeah no it really means a lot for us that um you all enjoy listening to us and our shenanigans we enjoy playing with each other and all of the extra podcast work and editing that uh binary puts into this um so just you all enjoying it and being fans and even asking for this uh means a lot to me and i'm and everybody else you guys are why we show up (laughs) Uh, I think uh, binary is why we show up. Actually, he it schedules everything. Yeah, he schedules the game, and then we He's show up. Promises so. pretzels it makes, and never me any. Makes yeah. makes oh, the no, game, and then yeah, edits the game, and then puts out the game. Yeah, we just kind of fuck around, you know. Yeah, I just so. I oh um you you Patreon have probably heard this before, so I'm I'm just gonna I'm just gonna close off this Q and A with uh, with just one thing. <sighs> Poo-poo, pee-pee, dicks and butts. Thank you, everyone, for joining us on our special Q&A bonus episode. It's been an absolute amazing journey exploring Night City with the crew and you all listening along on our adventure. A huge, massive thank you to our patrons for making all of this possible. 
And thank you all for listening, everyone, for joining us here at No Latency and in our adventure in Cyberpunk Red. Big special thank you goes out to Altelsurian Games for creating this amazing universe we're enjoying. We've got a lot more adventure to tell. We can't wait to share it with you. Don't forget that Patreon isn't the only way to support us. You can also check out our merch store at nolatencypodcast.com or just listen to the show. Thanks again for joining us, everyone. See you in Night City. Thank you for joining us on our adventure once again here at No Latency. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at No Latency Pod. Check out our website at nolatencypodcast.com. And if you'd like to support us further, we have a Patreon. Get exclusive content, spin offs, bonus episodes, bloopers, ad free episodes, and so much more with weekly content to say thank you to our supporters and even spice up your own cyberpunk red games at home. No matter what level your support, thank you again so much for listening. We literally couldn't do this without you. And of course, we'll see you next time in Night City. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Jim.